Anna here. Did you know I have another podcast? And did you know it's all about failure? Well, at this point, you'd have to answer yes to both of those questions because I just told you. But my other show isn't just about failure. It's about failing your way to success. Yes, success. Because the most successful people are often just the people who've gotten up the most times after their failures. Don't believe me? Go download Fail Your Way to Success wherever you get your podcasts or go to failyourway.com for more info. Now back to the show. I wouldn't say we fell in love right away. I think we were, as they call it in the biz, trauma bonding. And then after eight years of being insufferably sober, I started drinking again. Addicts tend to be rather sensitive people. Aren't you Mark Maron? I'm like, yeah. And she goes, what happened to you? Hey, you guys, you're listening to Recover Girl, a podcast about addiction and recovery and sharing your dark to find your light. I am your host, Anna David. Uh, these, I, I kind of do different things with, with various episodes. This is one of those storytelling episodes. And what I mean by that is you are about to be hearing from one of the performers at my live storytelling show that takes place in Los Angeles every two months. And by the way, if you want to know more about that, that thing, you got to go sign up for my newsletter and that you will be alerted as to when the storytelling shows are taking place and also when they're going to be on Facebook Live because I do understand not everybody is in Los Angeles. Go to AnnaDavidCoaching.com and you will never miss one of these shows. I will say the audio is not great. We, we put this on Facebook Live and then I stripped the audio and, and it, it kind of goes a little bit in and out, but don't give up. Stay with it because this one is amazing. This is a very special episode for me because it is a story told by my friend Travis Jones. Travis Jones is a video editor by day and a storyteller and comedian by night. He's performed at The Moth and various other storytelling shows around town. By town, I mean Los Angeles. And uh, he's just a special guy, and this, this he killed it. So uh, what else do I want to tell you? If you like this podcast, I hope that you will consider subscribing and possibly even throwing a review up there. Um, you, I don't know. Marketing, podcast marketing websites will tell you you should never ask for a review up at the top of the show because like you're supposed to give before you ask but you know what you guys you guys are rule breakers so defy that logic and I'm telling you now and you're not going to hold it against me you can be a defiant person who changes the way the world is run if you go and review my podcast right now that's what I'm trying to tell you anyway I'm going to stop talking about all of that and I'm going to give you Travis Jones. Okay, I, it's very special that I get to introduce you because Travis is a longtime fan of this show who is so hilarious. I've only heard him share in meetings, but I heard him share. I was like, I'm fucking booking you for the show. Give it up for Travis Jones. How's it going, everybody? My name is Travis Jones. Hi, Travis. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> I just wanted to thank Anna for uh, asking me to speak. Pretty much asking me to do my favorite thing, which is talking about myself. So uh, I, uh, I went to college once for five days. 
on Monday, and I got arrested on Wednesday, and, uh, and I left on Friday. It's alcohol related. That's what happened. Uh, that happened at the University of Georgia in Athens in August of 19, 19, 1999. So uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about what it was like. So the very first time I ever drank alcohol, I was 14 years old. I'm from Kentucky. It was called Southern Comfort. Just There could not be a better name for a spirit. Southern Comfort. That's like what I was seeking, you know? <laughs> from the South. And uh, I... And what I, and we had a good time, it was at a friend's farm, you know, like big farm and everything. And, and the next day I, I was asked a question I'd never been asked before. Do you remember what you said last night? Uh, uh, what, what, no. And, and the person asking me that question was my friend's mom. So what I had done is the farm, we're out there drinking, and like I just came into the house, the parents were having like a dinner party, and I was like, I just want to let you all know that like we're drinking, you know, everyone's everyone's drunk. I don't want to lie, I just want to be honest about it. It's not a big deal, but like we're drinking, you know. <laughs> That's what I was told that I said, I believe it. Okay, and so like so from the start, when I'm drunk, it's just like an open, just you're gonna get it all from me. I don't actually think that I'm that dishonest when I'm drunk. I just, it's like I'm just clearly it's just no no filter. And so so that was the first experience. The first experience. I remember I prom freshman year. I went to sleep at this house and woke up at this house and like didn't couldn't account for the and, there, and my friends were like, you know, if you black out, you're an alcoholic. And uh, I was like, well, what's that? Um, and uh, I was like, but that won't happen to me, you know, because I'm. I'm different. Uh, and so, when that happened at the University of Georgia, that was, uh, I had transferred. So that was like my academic mulligan. If you don't know what that means, it's like in golf, when you tee off on the first hole, and you don't like where it goes, you get a mulligan, you get a second chance. My first shot that I didn't really like, that was at Wake Forest University. The only reason I went is because I got in. It really wasn't that much fun. You know, fraternity houses were in the dorms. It was so lame, you know. It's it just... <laughs> It was like a place where people went to school, you know? <laughs> and, um, uh, and that's not really what I was going for. Uh, and now midway through September, I got arrested. And this is what happened in that situation. Uh, I was, um, there was an off-campus party. There was a keg, it was in a garage, but the, the tap was broken. And it was super bummer. I mean, everyone's there, all these empty cups, a keg full of beer, no tap. But I was like, hey, I think I can fix it. <laughs> I'm like, he's such a freshman, you know? I'm like, no, I, I know exactly, like, the, the fulcrum on the tap wasn't being levered by the top part. They're like, what are you talking about? I was like, watch. And all of a sudden, beer's flowing. And they're like, oh my God, how did you know? I'm like, I, no, I'm an alcoholic. No, I'm a, I'm a professional, you know? And, um, Savior, the lifeblood of the party. I'm the one that got the beer going. And so it kind of kept me on the tap, though. You know, I couldn't really socialize. I was filling beers up there. And so I'm just like by my spot there. And then all of a sudden, oh, this, it, it was a cop. I was filling up a beer. And uh, and they, they arrested me for um, possession of alcohol and aiding and abetting the consumption of a minor. It's like, abetting? What, what does that mean? They're like, Facilitating, you're filling beers up for minors, and so I was like, I got two charges. Oh, the worst luck, you know. <laughs> Wrong place at the worst time. 
so in January of that year, I was going to get into fraternity, and it was uh, everything was going to be okay. Like this one group fraternity, like you're the coolest guy we've ever met. I mean, like you could drink like I was the guy that they would like bring me in and be like, watch what he can do. <laughs> and uh, again, it wasn't that much fun at Wake Forest, but like that rush week. When you got into the fraternity, that was a saving grace experience. Like for the fraternity I was going in, there was like a party called the Kiss List Party, which meant that the Kappa sorority and the Sigma Chi's, like the, the pledges all got to like make out like all night. Like there was like a list of girls you got to go, but you were allowed to go. Doesn't sound good in these, this climate these days. But I was, I was, uh, and so I was like looking forward to that night. And so the guys, the guys come into my dorm to be like, you know, handing out the bids. And uh, these two guys are like, hey, you know, I was like, let's go, you know, like, Carmax. And they're like, sorry, man, we got a one ball policy in this fraternity. Like, if there's one guy that didn't want you in, like, you're not in. And I'm like, why are you telling me that? <laughs> like, because there's one guy that didn't want you in. I'm like, okay, I didn't know there was a theater department here, but that's a very convincing performance. Like, what are you talking about? How could I not get in? They're like, we're sorry. I was like, whoa, what's it? This feeling, I'm being socially rejected for the very first time. Uh, I'm, not as, I'm not as cool as I thought I was. Um, so I was like, well, fuck this, you know, but at least I stuck with it. And I, for the next five months, I was at the school knowing that I was going to leave. So I left. And so I'm like, I'm going to go to the University of Georgia. It's a big party school. I'm sure they got fraternity houses there, and uh, everything is going to be different. And it's just going to be a, uh, it's just going to be awesome, you know? There's a term for that, it's like a geographic. I've heard that in the room. But um, that's not what I was doing. You know, I was different. You know what I mean? I was different. So I went down there. I got there on Sunday. On Tuesday, I found an apartment. And the, the, the leasing agency was like, you know, we need, we need to find you a roommate. There's a guy looking for a roommate. Hopefully, you all can meet, get along. I met him, sat in his car. He had like a four foot bomb lodged in between the front seat and the console. I'm like, hey, let's do it. Uh, and so I signed the lease. He's like, I'm going to come in the next day on Wednesday to sign, but it's all right. So on Wednesday morning, he was like, dude, I can't do it. Fuck, you know, what? What? I was paying attention. Was there one sign that maybe I could have looked at that would have, you know, oh yeah, he had a bong in his car. Of course he did. <laughs> And so I just said to them, you know what? I don't want to move in. That's not the way leases work. Once you sign a lease, you're on board for 12 months. And I was I signed this two-bedroom apartment. I was like, but I don't want to do it. And so I moved into a dorm Wednesday. Spent the whole day with fraternity, rushing. I got a bid. It was so awesome. I was been there for two days. Spent the whole day with these guys. Like they all got around me, like snapping fingers. I was like, this is it. They're going to accept me. And I uh, spent the whole day drinking and the whole night. And uh, I remember I did the right I did the right thing and I didn't drive home. I walked to the dorm, and I was around walking. I was like, I've arrived. Um, but the problem was was that I hadn't arrived yet. These cops got in between me and the front door. <laughs> I'm like, fuck. And they're like, Have you been drinking tonight? And I'm like, Yeah. I mean, tonight, fuck. I've been drinking for 14 hours. Yes. 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 <laughs> The answer is yes. They're like, well, where have you been? I'm like, I don't, I'm just, I just want to go to sleep, please. They're like, well, there's a, there was a police officer that was attacked um, at Miller Hall 20 minutes ago, and there's a tall white male uh, wearing a blue shirt and khaki shorts that fled the scene. And that's what I was wearing. And at the time, I was like half the man I am now, so it was believable that I could run away from a cop. <laughs> I got to stop eating. Um, but uh, I was like, fuck, you know, but I didn't do that. You know, like, I didn't do that. 
So I went down, they took me to the station, arrested me for underage possession of alcohol, and the second one in 12, 11 months. And um, I'm just, I remember thinking, I'm just not going to cooperate. That's the one thing I'm going to do and focus on down here is just, just fucking bullshit. And I remember they're like, you know, we're going to take a, uh, a mug shot. We're going to take two. And I'm like, all right, cool. And I'm sitting there in my, in my mind, I'm like, I'm going to be two different people. <laughs> and so I'm like, like all like this, you know. And then the next one, I'm like, this is perfect timing. And the thing came out, and you could see the tops of my fingers in the mugshot. Have you ever seen a mugshot with someone's hands in it? No. Mission accomplished. And then the the, the fingerprinting was just. I remember going limp. They had to get three officers, one to hold me up. You know, one to hold my arm, then one to hold my head. It's like a finger painting. I just fucked this thing. It was bullshit. You know, like in my mouth. And I remember, like, writing in the, in the police report, just filling it out, like, put a fake name. and just, you know, so fucking funny and clever. And I do remember, like, writing in the margins, too. It was really, I don't know. And so they took me home, and uh, I was going to go to sleep at, like, 5 a.m. At 7.30, got a knock on the door. It's a lieutenant that says, hey, you know, I saw that you made quite a commotion at the, at, the, uh, at the police station last night, and I'm here to help you. Okay, thank you. And uh, I want, you know, you need to, like, provide us with an alibi. And so, like, you had me write this statement about where I was. And I was like, there's nothing better than, like, being innocent. Even though I was drunk, like, I didn't attack the cop. I was just righteous. I don't know what the term is in the rooms, but th- that was what it was. And um, so I just told him everything, just like when I was 14. I said... I was with these guys. I was at this place. I took the I took that timeline back at two in the afternoon, and I went back to sleep. I got a day's rest. You know, woke up at three in the afternoon. Called the fraternity guys. Was like, hey, you know, like I got arrested last night. Like, oh, don't worry about it. You know, we got a guy. Just you know, just come with a couple thousand. It'll be fine. I'm like, so arrogant. I'm like, but at that time, I was like, okay, good, I'm fine. But this man came over to my dorm and asked me for a statement, and they're like, well, what'd you tell him? I'm like, um. Well, uh, well, I don't really know. Like, what do you mean you don't know? It's like, well, I don't remember. They're like, did you did you write anything down? It's like, yeah, I do remember writing a lot of stuff down and signing. It's like, dude, like that's a problem because if we get in trouble, if you mention, and so the next morning, <laughs> there was a uh, newspaper article that says fraternity suspended for alcohol violations. <laughs> and I, and this isn't my diary. This is the. Uh, <laughs> University of Georgia fraternity was suspended Thursday after a 19-year-old pledge confessed to police that members, including the fraternity president, bought him alcohol during 12 hours of partying in the <laughs> Travis Jones, the Kai-Fi pledge who implicated the fraternity members in the was found by UGA, UGA police at 3.17 a.m., about 50 feet away from Oglethorpe Hall. Now, before tonight, I, I walked off 50 feet. That's from here to the men's room. So close. <laughs> so close. But I just skipped over a part in the article. I didn't remember this part. He was found by UGA police at 317, slumped over a sign. <laughs> so it was my fault. <laughs> Initially, Jones told the police that he gave him alcohol beverage during a cake party. I mean, from 2 to 7, from, from 10 to midnight, I mean, again, the timeline was just so 
honest. And um, <laughs> the parties began soon after the CHI-5 members accepted Jones as a pledge, a potential member of the fraternity. Note the word potential. <laughs> I just want to get this right. In his written statement to UJ police, Jones said, the fraternity took care of me in terms of alcohol. <laughs> so that was like in the written statement. But while in police custody, so this was the, the mugshot fingerprinting scene, Jones criticized the state's drinking laws, <laughs> which established a minimum drinking age of 21. Quote, the police department will never solve the problem of underage drinking. <laughs> Police quoted Jones's statement. Quote, I, myself, have been drinking since I was 14. <laughs> this, is a, this is a newspaper. I mean, there's some young people here. Um, the newspaper, like, it comes out every morning. It's print, you know, like, the whole community gets it. It's a real thing, you know? Um, I've been drinking since I was 14, and nothing that occurred tonight has any effect on my future plans to drink underage. <laughs> Period. I will be drinking for the remainder of my underage career. <laughs> I got set off as a professional. Comma, no matter what any of you say about it. And I'm sorry. There are about 5,000 people that feel the same way. <laughs> What an asshole. So none of it was my fault, and so I had to pack up and leave. And but you know, here's the thing. Looking back, that was 18 years ago, and uh, you know, like fuck that guy. That it would have been fine if, it, if he didn't come to my apartment. You know, get my statement. It would have just been an underage possession. He got in the way, and I've hated him for my entire life. And so when she asked me to do this, this thing tonight, I said, you know what? This Lieutenant Platt is on my eighth step. For those of you that don't know, it's a list of people we have harmed. And like, how did I harm him? Well, I spoke ill of him. It was anyone that would listen. <laughs> uh, for 18 years, you know? And like, and I said that he lied. And he was just doing his job. Who knows who this guy is? Maybe he, all this thing. So I looked him up. I, first of all, I've, last of all, I've been sober for six years, but my progress in recovery can be... Uh, Categorized as glacial, very slow, you know? It took me a long time to do anything, but I had a drink. And I wrote this letter and I sent it to him today. Uh, <laughs> Lieutenant Platt, I didn't want to go through Facebook, Facebook because we're not going to be friends. Um, <laughs> you knocked on my dorm room at Oglethorpe Hall on UJ campus. Previously that evening, I had been arrested for underage possession of alcohol. You were there to take my statement. I told the truth to you. But later that day, upon realizing my statement implicated the codify, I began to lie about it. I lied to this only, it's almost over. I lied to the police department when I tried to recant my story, and I lied to the local press about your role in the matter. For years after, I spoke ill of your name to anyone who would listen to me. I want to take responsibility for telling these untruths. In the event that my actions had any derogatory effect on your professional career, I apologize. You were acting in good faith, and I was adamant in suggesting otherwise. I hope this finds you well. Now, it took me 18 years to write that. Twelve minutes later, he responded. <laughs> sure. <laughs> that can be like, sure. <laughs> or, who knows, but do I feel better? Sure, I feel a lot better. <laughs>